0: Another edition of Riding Home, Dean Legge, Matt DeBerry from Dog Post, making you a Smarter Georgia fan. Matt, uh, Kirby Smart yesterday uh, made a lot of people remember just how good he is at recruiting Georgia, finishing with 25 overall prospects who uh, have signed and are in the boat. Uh, and then another number one class. This is the you know only two programs have had consensus top you know three classes in the last four years. That's Georgia and Alabama. And uh, now Georgia with um, two out of the last three number one classes in the country.
1: Yeah, I think when we look back at this class, we're going to look back at offense. It was very heavy on offense. 25 total guys, 12 of them uh, are from the combined seven offensive line commits and five wide receiver commits. So the wide receiver and offensive line make up just about half of the total class. Uh, Obviously, seven might sound like a lot, but you look back to the 2018 class, Jamari Sawyer, is still here. He might leave after this year. Obviously, Cade Mays is no longer on the team. Warren Erickson has played some, and then Trey Hill is a guy who's a multi-year starter. The three guys they signed in 2019—Xavier Trust, Warren McClendon, and Clay Webb—they didn't see hardly any action last year. We'll see. I mean, they came in with Pittman. You never know if one or maybe two of those guys might transfer. So they yeah. definitely needed to add a lot of depth on the offensive line. They brought in seven, including two of the top tackles in the country. And then at wide receiver, they added so much speed. We've talked about it um, for a while now. Arian Smith, one of the fastest prospects in the country. Jermaine Burton, I think the most complete wide receiver in this class. Marcus Roseme and Justin Robinson, two big possession guys you can put on the outside. And then a uh, little three-star surprise at the end, Ladd McConkey, a guy you can mix around. Probably going to be the slot guy. Uh, third down kind of machine in the middle of the field who also return punts and kicks. So uh, very offense heavy like we said they filled the uh, secondary with speed keely ringo uh Jaylen kimber uh, one linebacker a really good one and mikhail sherman and then a lot of athletic big bodies along the defensive line so uh not to mention uh the, possibly the quarterback of the future guy who might be your backup this year in carson beck mm-hmm. and two running backs who could see a lot of playing this year uh especially five star uh kendall milton who we've talked a lot about too so it's very good class, but especially on the offensive side of the ball. In a few years, you're going to be looking at this 2020 class and seeing a lot of these guys make a big impact, especially on offense.
0: You know, the interesting thing too here, as I battle through the cold that I'm dealing with, they will bring in 25 guys, uh, and and you know, most programs in the SEC are quote young. Um, that's a common thing, uh, so people shouldn't get so excited that Georgia has about. Uh, just by my quick math they, right now they have eighty eight guys on scholarship on scholarship um, and that that includes the um the, the, the twenty five that they just signed the eleven uh, red shirt freshmen and the nineteen true freshmen excuse me nineteen sophomore coming coming in next year uh that 's fifty five percent that 's fifty five of their of their roster um, So about sixty five percent of their entire roster are younger guys. And that's not abnormal. But, Matt, the thing about it is that um, w- w- there's no one that j- – well, two 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 points real quick. I-, I would like your reaction about this. There is no particular player on this team that I see that has to come in and start. In fact, I would argue that there are – it's going to be tough for the vast majority of this team – of the, of this cl- signing class to start. And then secondly, and maybe you can riff on this a little bit, this class as the number one class in the country missed on plenty of players. It could have been even better than it was. And secondly, I don't see this as, as, as good as the 2018 class. So why don't you start with my you know, soliloquy about them not probably, there's not a lot of starters immediately in this group uh, well, in, think- in, in 2020.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Obviously, Kendall Milton is going to get some touches. Uh, the receivers are going to see an opportunity to get on the field early. Someone has to step up and be that number two opposite George Pickens, especially with Don Blaylock recovering from the ACL. That's, that's
0: probably the spot where, I mean, if not there and Keely Ringo... It...
1: Well, I was going to say Darnell Washington because there's no yeah. tight end like him on the offense. If anyone is looking like, hey, you know, I can really come in here and, and be the guy if I really push myself and... Work my butt off until the season gets here. It's Darnell Washington. He and Trey McKitty, who I think is going to see the field a but, lot but, too. So,
0: but Trey McKitty. I mean, I know you're not. I'm, I'm strictly I, when I made that statement, I was strictly talking about the 25. The, the incoming freshman, correct. I mean, right. obviously, McKitty, right. Newman. Those are two guys that have a very good opportunity in front of them to start.
1: Yeah, I think Keely Ringo is going to play because I think he's probably pound for pound the best prospect in this class, in my opinion. Uh, He's going to see the field, not a position where they need him to start or anything like that, but they do rotate a good amount of defensive backs. And once he gets that playbook down, I think his athleticism will take over and they're going to want to put him out there. But to go to your second point, I mean, if, you know, a year ago today, if the Georgia staff looked at this class, you know, they wouldn't say it's perfect or ideal at all. I mean, they went out and recruited a lot of guys hard in this class that they didn't get That's compared right. to 2018 and 2019. That's right. So I've got Brian Brisey, who uh, they were really in it for this time last year. He made an early commitment, but Georgia came in second there. Um, Eric Gilbert was a the guy they targeted for a long, long time yeah. since the very beginning. Didn't get him. They recruited Miles Murphy hard. He went to Clemson. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, Noel Sewell that came in second four, Cartavis yeah. uh, Bigsby, they did recruit. Now, they might have wanted Zach Evans more, but they did put the time in and recruit Cartavis uh, Bigsby. He chose somewhere else. Zachivius Walker, a guy who I thought was going to go to Georgia, chose Auburn. So yeah. it, I wouldn't say they missed on these guys because they did recruit them. It's not like they're really good players and Georgia just didn't think they were and didn't recruit them or anything. They went after these guys, they targeted them. Well, I don't know what.
0: Go ahead. I I don't know what the term miss means. I mean, I'm what I mean by miss is what you're about to describe. They didn't get them. They just didn't get them. They didn't get them and
1: they still found a way to get the number one class, but boy, uh, it, it it wasn't perfect. It wasn't ideal. And I do think the 2018 and 2019 class is probably a little bit better. Um, I don't want to say Georgia had to settle for some kids. That's not how I want it to come across. Um, but they weren't going to end up with guys like Cameron Kinney and probably Ladd McConkey and uh, Darren Branch if they would have gotten some of their guys that they wanted to, you know, earlier in the process. Uh, and so while it's a very good class and it's still the number one class in the country, it's not like they got to pick and choose which guy they want and, you know, got everyone again that they wanted compared to what they did and. 2018 and 2019 and to a certain degree the 2017 class so Clemson and Alabama mostly Clemson they went out and they got pretty much every guy they wanted and that's what Kirby was able to do in 18 and 19 and he still got a fair amount of those guys in this class especially out of state Uh, but yeah there were plenty of guys that they targeted hard and recruited you know uh, heavily and they they just didn't get and um, you don't see it a ton from this Georgia staff and um, but it did happen to happen a little bit this year. There's no doubt about it.
0: What does it mean that, um, well, essentially this has gotten down to, Clemson, Clemson has not recruited like Georgia and Alabama. They've recruited well. They've had three straight years of top 10, but they have not recruited the way that um, that Georgia and Alabama have. I mean, for instance, in twenty last year's class, they were narrowly a top uh, 10 team. So... Uh, my my question though is, what what does it mean? And I think I asked you this while I was driving yesterday. What does it mean that Georgia didn't get some of the guys that they really wanted? Like Clemson, you're saying nailed every single kid they wanted.
1: Essentially, there wasn't any there wasn't anyone that I know of that had a, a, a solid you know committable offer to Clemson and said no, I'll go somewhere else. I could be wrong there, but
0: well, I mean they didn't. They didn't get the guys that they wanted that Georgia got. I mean, you can't tell me they didn't want Mikael Sherman. You can't tell me they didn't want Chris Milton. Excuse me, uh, the the uh, Milton or Kylie Ringo and guys like that. But, but off the Clemson thing, what does it mean that uh, – how, how do you – what does it mean or does it matter that Georgia didn't get everyone they wanted slash targeted and they still wound up at number one? What, what does that mean? I mean, if, if, if for comparison's sake, Clemson got everybody they wanted and they wound up at three, what does it mean that Georgia and I guess Bama uh, didn't get everybody they wanted and they still wound up in front of Clemson as, with consensus rankings?
1: Well, it, it says that Georgia does have arguably the best staff in the country. I don't want to say it's damage control, but they always have a plan B and they're just yeah, relentless. They do. They miss on a guy, they'll go out and they make sure to get the next guy. They go to the next guy on their board and they make it an effort. So they're relentless. I mean, they're I mean, not they, going to stop, and they know how to close.
0: They turned. There's no question they know how to close. But they turned Zach Evans away. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, still, I, I think it could
1: have been twice. Uh, once in September, you know, once you know around then. But uh, yeah, if they wanted Zach Evans, he'd, you know they would do everything. Kirby would have done whatever it took to get him if they wanted him. Um, But I think he said in the press conference, I don't know if he was returned, you know, uh, replying or talking about Evans in uh, a certain way, but they went after a lot of good, you know, solid kids off the football field in this class. You know, everyone that we met uh, from the most part, most of them, I'd say, you know, great outstanding kids with no issues off the field. And uh, so overall, I think you're not only bringing high quality guys on the field, but uh, for the most part, they're high-quality kids off, and I think that's what they're looking at, you know, uh, really hard. You have to bring in talent, but you have to bring in good kids who want to be at Georgia and aren't gonna, you know, transfer after one year. You can never see down the road and look into the future, but um, a lot of these kids are just looking to to start and play right away, or you know, get homesick. You have to. Uh, well, the staff takes all that into consideration, but uh, I mean, they went out. They missed on some kids and they went and got the next best AI on their board and um, got they got guys for their system, especially when Todd Munkin came in, they went out and got a guy like yeah. Vlad McConkey who fits the system. Um, all the guys in the secondary fit Kirby's, you know, system and style of play. That's what he concentrates on. And, um, you know, they only need one linebacker. They went out and got him. Would have taken Noah Sewell with the second linebacker. They didn't get him. And they did not end up signing someone in his place. They used that spot elsewhere. But for the most part, they went in and, um, you know, I don't want to say damage control, but it kind of is the way that that they are. But, again, it goes back to them just being relentless and showing how good they are on the recruiting trail once again. Uh,
0: I I think the one guy that they may regret not moving quicker with was Tank Bigsby. Um, He seems super self-motivated. And we'll see. Uh, With that said – you know, they already had Milton in the. I'm trying to remember when did we visit Tank in the spring? Was Milton already committed? It, it was in
1: February. Yeah, so, Milton committed so, yeah. a two or three months later.
0: Yeah, he was in July. But you know, Tank is a heck of a running back and a prospect, and you can't know for sure with guys. But that would be the one guy that sticks out to me that maybe if they had pushed harder, because with Tank, I mean, Tank didn't really know if they were, you know, recruiting him as a running back at the time, or you know, at you know, they talked to
1: him about DB and yeah, he told talk us to that when DB. we were there.
0: Yeah. So that's the one guy, but th- that's being, you know, enormously nitpicky. And when you sign a kid, you know, sign a class the way that they did again, it's not as good as the 18 class was in my, in my view. But the, the, the point of all of this is to stack up as many classes with high end players as you can. Georgia, I think is uh 33 and three in the regular season the last three years. That's not by accident. That is as much about recruiting as anything. And now it's about taking it to the next level in championship games. Um, When you look at, you know, essentially, especially the SEC championship game and beyond. Um, it's, It's important for the players who are big time players to play big in those big moments. And in the, in the last, you know, SEC championship game, you know, DeAndre Swift basically didn't play. And it's right. hard to be who you are without one of, I mean, your most explosive playmaker, I mean, when he's banged up like that. Jake Fromm didn't have the game that he wanted in the LSU game. So that now is the hurdle to get past. But I, you know, and maybe I'm too optimistic about Georgia's, about Georgia generally speaking, but these numbers don't lie after a while. And number one classes lead to national championships. It's always been the case with some very, with very few exceptions. Uh, It's been the case the last 20 years. You know, Auburn caught lightning in the model in 2010. Uh, Clemson did it without a national, with a without a number one class, but nobody has the path Clemson has either. So everybody in the SEC has has had a national championship come after a one, two, or three ranking in uh, consensus champion in consensus re- recruiting rankings. And look, you know, you look at the board here, and again, they've got right this second, and and and, and this is not gospel, but it's they have eighty eight guys on scholarship. So three of the people who are "Quote unquote" on the team right now. They won't be around in in August. They people may already know about that. Maybe something that's going to happen. and We don't know it. You know, Kirby and them know what's going on. They were going to sign 25 the entire time. Clearly, you and I thought it was anywhere from 23 to 24, uh, 25. We we thought more 24 than 25. But they have they have the entire roster full, and they have really good players. There are there are places where you can nitpick. Um, there are places where, you know, at Alabama, Clemson, and certainly LSU, you can look at their, all, all three of their rosters and say, Hey, you know, there's some issues here or there, but Georgia's as talented as anyone in the country. Um, period.
1: Yeah. Everyone wants to talk about the number one team rankings and, and this and that, but a lot of these kids eventually are going to hit the portal. Georgia finished with the number one ranking in 2018. A lot of that had to do with Justin Fields, who's no longer on the team. Brent Cox who's no longer on the team. Otis Reese was highly ranked. Luke Ford was the number one tight end prospect in the country. So you it, it's hard to tell how good this class is until a couple years down the road when they actually play and how many of these kids actually play for three or four years. Um, but, Nowadays, when you can transfer and get immediate eligibility just, you know, after one year, uh, it's tough to really look back and say, oh, this team did this in recruiting three years ago it's just tougher. to come find out that so many of those guys left after one or two years anyway. So It's, t- it's, every- t- it's tougher,
0: yeah. but, but attrition has always been a part of college football. And, and, and probably and
1: more now, more than ever. Now,
0: more it, than ever, for sure. Yeah. But, the but number- what you
1: said, three straight recruiting rankings at number one. No, uh, that's, that it's not a surprise and it should lead well, to bigger and better things.
0: Not number one. They, they've they been, there's no program in the country who's finished in the top three, uh, in the last four years, except Georgia. Now yeah. let me make sure that what I'm saying is absolutely correct. 17, number three, 18, number one, 19, number two, two and 20, number one. So, yeah. you know, they have recruited very, very well. Ohio State yep. has, ext- has done really well. Alabama has done really well. And Texas has not done that bad. You can't compare Texas to Ohio State and Georgia. Texas is a right. disaster right now. So it is what you do with kids, too. So this is, this is you know, we, we've set all this up to say, you know, this. Uh, this program is on the precipice, and now it's time to turn the engine Uh, and get the car into the garage, for lack of a better term, so you can have a party. They just need to raise the trophies.
1: Get in the garage, have a party, get a trophy. That's what it's all about, right? It's pretty simple. I mean... Recruiting matters. Recruiting recruiting
0: matters more than any other aspect of college football. Coaches come and go. Recruiting is an all-year-long thing. Um, If you're just... You know, if you're if you're this many minutes into this uh, broadcast or podcast, whatever you want to call it, this show, and you don't know my 20 year history talking about recruiting and the four years before that when I played very poorly in college and saw firsthand why talent matters, whether you're playing basketball or tennis or football or whatever, it matters because you can't replicate it. You can in, in basketball we would say. You can teach defense. It's tough to teach offense. You want a guy that can put it in the basket. It is tough to make Brennan Douglas DeAndre Swift. And that is the thing. Now, what you do with it from that point forward, coaches are always going to be criticized, period. It's what it is. It's the world we live in. Real
1: quick, I do want to say, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this don't care about the 21 class just yet. Maybe in a few months they'll start bro you know, I mean, doing they, the research they on that. But. They
0: obviously care. I mean, th- this audience has grown dramatically. We are really appreciative yeah. of everyone listening to us. And they're learning more. They're becoming smarter Georgia fans.
1: That's great because, I, again, I like this class. And Georgia is going to make a number, another shot at that number one class, the way it's going right now in 21. Uh, so stick uh, around for that. Um, We'll see a lot of guys coming off the board this spring and this summer, uh, and it feels like a lot of them are trending towards Georgia. They could, should, and I guess are expected to now, to bring in a top three class and, again, push for that number one spot in 2020 the way things are looking right now.
0: And Brock Vandergriff is the guy to watch in this class. Like, he has the most potential.
1: Oh, I I think Amarius Mims does, too. I think Amarius Uh Mims is probably the top player in the state. Uh, And then Brock Vandergriff, number two. But he's going to be the leader of this class, five-star quarterback, from right outside Athens he can go on campus whenever he wants when any type of visitors are there to hang out that's a big deal and we talked about that at at length already but um, when you have a five-star quarterback on board this early leading a class good things usually happen
0: Dean Leggey, Matt DeBerry, make sure to click above to watch uh, yesterday's press conference with Kirby Uh, we will catch you over on dog post make sure to subscribe